1: For more information, visit surreyfarms.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
2: Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. It's a beautiful day here in Brooklyn, New York, and I'm really happy to be spending some time with my good buddy, Robin Robinson. He's the U.S. brand ambassador for the Compass Box whiskey company welcome to the show hey great to be here damon thanks yeah i mean i know we've been trying to do this for a while and uh we're we're both busy
3: people man so tell you what when you put two calendars together and actually make it work you know it's a it's a thing
2: it is a (laughs) thing yeah for sure so uh you know this is one of my favorite times of the year i mean like it really is probably my favorite time of year you know like especially you know the weather's changing you know uh, it's cooling off a little bit. It's I love I love fall cocktail yeah. uh, preparation. You know, they get to use a little bit heavier ingredients, spices. You know, it's I, I just love that side of it. But I also love drinking. You know, Scotch whiskey just straight ahead. Just, you know, just like, straight ahead. Scotch. That's how you. That's how you
3: know that it's that time of year, right? It is. It's funny. Um, it, we're seeing a little bit of it bleeding into other. Um, seasons now, a little bit of spring, touch of summer, depending mm-hmm. on the scotch. But yeah, I think in the, uh, I think in the popular mind, uh, you hear uh, you hear
2: scotch and you start thinking cool weather. Absolutely, yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. And you know, uh, but what's cool about the compass box, and we'll get into this a little bit. Um, you guys have six, seven expressions now. Well, we've got um,
3: we've got about six regular right. expressions that are out on the market all the time. And so that gives you actually a seasonal uh, uh, free will, as it were. Well, it does. And as blenders, and we've got that, uh, uh, there's a little bit of um, uh, versatile freedom in that because Mm -hmm. we can make a a light, elegant, sort of what I call a Sunday afternoon type of scotch, you know, poolside. And then something that's big and smoky and, you know, something you probably wouldn't come near unless it, uh, you know, is a 45-angle rain out there and uh, (laughs) and maybe a cigar somewhere in your Totally.
2: (laughs) So... What sets Compass Box apart and you guys are one of my favorite uh Scotch fairs, um Thank you. Because you have so many different expressions and you can really work around them, you know, with different food pairings, different cocktails, you know, different occasions, is that you guys you blend you you, you don't do any single malls.
3: Well, no, we're blenders. I mean yeah. we're a, a boutique blending company and um uh, I'm reluctant to say the words craft and artisanal because uh, those words have pretty much been, yeah. <laughs> been stomped all over. Um, <laughs> we, we were, we were going to bleep those yeah, right, yeah, in post. Right, yeah. Dunkin' Donuts now has an artisanal donut uh, oh, right? Um But um, yeah, uh, small production, um, a unique way of approaching blends, um, which is different than the larger commercial production blends, which are fine which are wonderful whiskeys in and of themselves. But uh, John Glazer, when he started the company, had kind of an idea of uh, if I really used fabulous ingredients and really took some time in crafting something together. Um, The working definition that we use of craft is making something better for the sake of making it better. So, um, you know, we innovated a lot of... um, uh, different you know, processes uh, in, in scotch whiskey making, uh, uh, the lack of um, chill filtering, the lack of um, caramel coloring, uh, a highly, I, I would imagine, negociant approach to selection of the barrels that we're using. Um, only just a few components in the blend. So like a great wine, Like, a, a, and, and we use a metaphor of um, you know, Bordeaux all the time, uh, Bordeaux is made of four wonderful grapes in and of themselves, but highly selected and put together um, They create um you know in great wines in great years and uh so we take the same approach to barrel selection you know uh, just a few components so that we can get distillery character sure. coming through um, You can taste uh the individual components uh and yet when you taste them all together, then there 's something completely
2: different, yeah. Yeah. you know i i you know i like your analogy of the bordeaux approach but i you know for me what i usually tell people about blended scotch whiskies is that it's kind of like putting together a cocktail oh know? it is you oh I mean,
3: the the parallels are, are right there um cr- you know bringing disparate let's say sometimes some, sometimes disparate ingredients together to create something that's balanced and unique and it has this whole uh, complexity of flavors i mean that's yeah, that's cocktail making in and of itself right there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
2: So where do you source
3: these whiskeys from? Well, each uh, each expression that we have, Pete Monster, Oak Cross, uh, Spice Tree, uh, Asyla, Hedonism, they're sourced from particular distilleries. Uh, we tend to look at select types of distilleries for their character. Uh, for example, Kleinleash. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, not a very well known whiskey, uh, the whiskey people know it, um, but it 's got a very very unique calendar uh, or, or um, uh, very unique um, uh, taste and an aspect to it that John particular likes it 's uh, actually it 's really quite creamy it 's a little bit uh, in a way resiny in a way, and it 's got a level a lovely complexity of uh, of some fruit and a little bit of smoke in the back, you know just a touch just enough to give it some depth, so that becomes a um, uh, a whiskey that we go back to. Quite kind of like a it.
2: foundation that you could build upon.
3: Yeah, and uh, actually, Oak Cross and Spice Tree are both comprised of that as, a, as its main ingredient. Um, for um, Peat Monster, for example, um, we're using uh, combinations of Lefroig of Lechig, which is a small little expression from the Tobermory Distillery on Mall, and also Ardmore. Um, separate from Ardbeg, uh, which is a highly unusually peated uh Speyside whiskey. So it, it's really the balance of those three. Um, for a sila, you know, we use a little bit of Glen Elgin um, as well. Uh, we also use the the distilleries Tienanik and Dal And these are small, really obscure Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, these are like completely,
2: really, really kind of obscure. You know, like it. it and go back to the cocktail thing is like the way I like to approach cocktails is I always like to throw in an ingredient that or several ingredients that people don't know about. Right. You know, because when I read a cocktail menu, I, I always go for the one that seems like the Weirdest, out of oh, right. place, yeah, exactly. uh, but not weird in a good way. Is sure, what I mean, yeah, and I, I think that's really cool. What you guys are doing with these whiskeys—that's like
3: really- what I love when Chinar started showing up on, uh, oh yeah, on cocktail I mean, it's Like Chinar, that stuff's been like you know gathering you know dust on the shoulders for for years on the back bars, and all of a sudden here it is. You know? Yeah, yeah,
2: it's great, yeah. and you know, taking that approach to to putting these whiskeys together. Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of people when they when they hear blended whiskey, there's a certain kind of like connotation that that is uh you know in tandem with that 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 it is it's kind of a second class uh, citizen there yeah. but you know i i really think like the, most people don't realize that a lot of these scotch whiskeys have been vatted from like even in in their in their own distilleries you know it's like just like for instance you know uh you know a lot of bourbon producers rye producers american whiskey producers you know they're taking these they're taking a bunch of their barrels and they, you know they have tasting panels right. on staff that taste their barrel samples and blend them together to make a consistent right. flavor profile.
3: Well, blending is the art. I mean you know a lot of people look at distilleries and they 'll think about the distiller himself right, right? and he is like, sort of like the sole creator of the whiskey and the artist behind it. but really, the art takes place in the blending room, and that 's for American and uh, uh, Scotch whiskies as well. Um, uh, the consistency, absolutely. But you're also creating expressions, and and like you mentioned, uh, you are, you know, the word blend is is confusing because there's blend as well, there's a different noun types of blend. Yeah. and there's blend as a verb. So everyone does blending. Uh, every single malt does blending because they're using barrels of uh, different provenance, meaning either an ex bourbon barrel or an ex sherry barrel, and barrels of different ages. Uh, and then bringing those together to create that, you know, that consistent ten-year-old or twelve-year-old or whatever that may be. So blending happens there in bourbon; it happens quite often, you know. Uh, and and in both countries, unless you see the word single in front of a cask or the word barrel, then it, you know the assumption is that there is a blend the, in, in there is happening.
2: Yeah, yeah. I And mean, it's it's definitely you know we think of, like a lot of times when we think about like American blended whiskeys or Canadian or Irish it's it it's not necessarily what's cool about scotch whiskey is it's when you talk about blends it's a bunch of aged expressions oh yeah and and in, in other parts of the world you're talking about blending it with something that's like you know, neutral off the still. Well,
3: that would be. Let's say, for example, Canadian whiskey uh, is a different animal altogether. Canadian whiskey, that, you know, by law, they allo- they're allowed to actually blend some other things in there, including you know, grain neutral spirits as well. But in Scotland, there's very very strict laws. Everything that goes into a blend is a whiskey, which means it does follow a certain. Uh, procedure: It has to be aged for a certain time, uh, amount of time. It has to be, uh, it has to come off the still at a certain proof or within a certain proof in order to be called whiskey. Uh, you have to taste the ingredients. You have to taste the grains that were in there. Um, same thing in Ireland. Um, Japan follows that as well, but Japan doesn't have a law as much as they have tradition. Right. right. And all of the, the companies kind of follow that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everything comes in as whiskey, but it's really comes down to how good were the barrels. And that's really where we kind right. of like take uh, whiskey blending in a different area because we're, you know, we make twenty five, twenty seven thousand six pack cases a year. So we're highly selective about, bar- about barrels. When you're putting out twenty seven thousand cases um, every hour, you can't be that selective, right, right? exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. yeah. Uh, so run me through. Okay, I, I find it fascinating because, like, I you know, I, I know what I like to taste, and uh, you know, like, as far as mixing cocktails, I think you have like a little bit more freedom as far as uh, as far as like uh, room for error. But when you're tasting these whiskey, I, I, I it's it's an intense job. I mean, there's a it lot is. of like palate fatigue. Yeah, you know, like you, you got And I, I always tell like my new bartenders, like, how do you know what goes together? And oh, I was like, you gotta taste everything.
3: You gotta taste everything. You're absolutely right. And and one of the the, the one of the the approaches that John has has kind of created um, uh, over the years, and it's really developed over time. Was uh, and he, But, of course, you got to remember it now, he came out of Diageo and he learned blending from, like you know, one of the great blenders, Maureen Robinson from Diageo, creates all of the, the compass box expressions, Jim Beveridge, you know, as well. So there is a tradition that he's coming out of that he's learned from them. But, um, for example, we evaluate every barrel that we use in a blend. So, a barrel sample will be sent to the studio in London, and John and his assistant whiskey maker will essentially approach that sample three separate times each you know, um, on three different occasions before they evaluate it as good or bad or weight right and then that barrel that sample is connected to a specific barrel um uh, back in Scotland somewhere and then when we put the uh, we put the prototype together in London as well, and then that you know, long, long, long list of um, barrel numbers uh, on an Excel spreadsheet then get sent to Scotland, and that's what creates the blend. So, yeah, there is some fatigue there, um, you know, dark glasses with watch, uh, you know, watch caps on them, uh, watch glasses uh, in order to kind of prevent the fumes from coming out. Um, but I think the, the whole idea of, like, going back there a couple times, making notes, that prevents um, the fatigue from happening.
2: Sure. And also, I mean, like, it's just like when you're, you're tasting wine, whiskey, you pour it first, you try it, but then you let it sit and yeah. open up as well. That, right. That's a huge right. factor as well.
3: Always the added addition of water. You know, you want to, you know, you bring the alcohol down. You know, uh, master blenders, you know, real master blenders, um, never really approach that glass unless it's been brought down to somewhere around 25, 27%. Um, because yeah, you'll get anesthetized. And, you know, the you know the the, the um, alcohol will come off and just anesthetize the nose. So there are kind of tricks to the trade that they use in order to make sure that they're evaluating the actual spirit inside and not just you know
2: not the not just the alcohol. Right. It's almost. I could see it almost turning into a situation where it's like Stockholm syndrome. Like, <laughs> you just you just taste it and I mean, you get the palate fatigue where it's like, I, 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 yeah, I love it now. Yesterday I hated this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really, it, it really cares for me. So, right. well, and,
3: and in our, in our, in our, um, uh, in our approach, um, we have to be really careful about every barrel because if we're only using a few components in the uh, in the blend, then each barrel is really um, integral. Uh, you know, there are duff barrels or you know bad barrels all through um, Scotland, and when you're Utilizing, you know, three and a half percent of this and four percent of this and seven percent of this, then you can actually bring some of those barrels in. And it's an economic, you know, uh, question that you're, you're, you're fulfilling. Um, and in the overall blend, um, they won't be noticed. But with Compass Box, we can't do that, right? I mean, every barrel has to be top notch. So, you know, we, um, we try to source what, what are known as first fill. You know, first fill barrels, sure. um, ex- mostly I'd say about 95%, 99% of what we use is ex-bourbon barrels, um, in which the, the liquid that we buy, uh, that barrel's never been used to age another scotch whiskey. So it's getting sure. that big first hit. Uh, of uh, what's left in the barrel from, uh, from the whiskey producer, uh, from the American whiskey producer. Yeah.
2: And I feel like when you taste across the board, I, I definitely get it a lot when I taste Compass Box whiskeys. I get that, that kind of like bourbony kind of like yeah. softer. vanillas. Yeah. yeah,
3: you'll get the vanillas. Um, you'll get you know, the coconuts. Um, even with uh, woody whiskeys like, uh, like Spice Tree, um, which has that additional three years of French oak aging on it, um, a lot of people will still pick up vanilla in there which is great so that means that the you know the, the quality of the barrel is really kind of coming through in the in the, the, the initial you know, base whiskey yeah cool
2: yeah well Robin let's take a quick break yeah. and uh, let's pour some whiskey and when we get back we'll continue talking with Robin Robinson from Compass Box Whiskey sounds like a deal alright thanks Boom.
0: Every night you hear croon of Russian
1: lullaby Just a plaintiff, a Today's program has been brought to you by S Wallace Edwards and Sons Edwards Suriano hams are aged to perfection for no less than 400 days and hickory smoked to achieve a deep mahogany color The Edwards name is well known for its world class aged and cured meats Their exclusive curing and aging recipe produces a unique flavor profile that enhances the quality characteristics of Berkshire pork. Optimum amounts of pure white fat marbling contribute to a flavor that's a delicate, perfect balance between sweet and salty. For more information, visit www.surreyfarms.com. You are listening to Russian Lullaby by Plexifonic Every here on Heritage Radio. you no. Russian lullaby. Just a
2: plaintive little tune when baby starts to cry. Rock my baby. Somewhere there may be a land that's free for you and me and a Russian.
0: I'll see you in my dreams,
2: and we are back. You're listening to the speakeasy, and in the studio today, I have Mr. Robin Robinson of Compass Box Whiskey. We were just talking about, uh, before we took the break, about the art and the craft of, well, we'll just call it the art because we didn't want to talk about craft, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, uh, of, uh, of blending whiskeys. And, and, and I think, you know, there's so many variables in it. You know, it's like, it's, it's it's a huge process, and it's great to, uh, to see that a company is doing this style so well, you know, and that you have the option of making so many different expressions of whiskey. And what's cool is today you've brought a couple of them that I haven't even tried yet. I've, I'm a huge fan of the Compass Box line. Uh, my favorites being, I love the Asylum. I yeah. use it almost exclusively for my scotch cocktails. Yeah. Um, you know, one that uh, I don't think we talk about very much is the Orangery. Orangery, you know, it's, it's, it's so
3: cool. Though. It is the coolest thing out on the marketplace, and uh, I'm always careful when I'm doing tasting with whiskey drinkers, quote unquote, because intellectually they reject it immediately. Sure. As soon as, as soon as I tell them it's an infused Scotch whiskey, and you know, I kind of look get the looks on the faces. And my advice to people is: you know, take the whiskey hat off and put it on the stool next to you, and just approach this as its own animal. And if you approach it as its own animal, it's just fabulously delightful and uh and very unique and very nuanced and very and fun i mean it's a fun thing so from a bartender's perspective it's just you know there's a a lot of people have had a lot of fun you know putting together cocktails with oh yeah. yeah
2: i did uh i've done now uh twice uh the tiki monday with brian miller yeah and uh the first one that i did actually the two times i've done it were both at lonnie kai before it uh moved yeah uh and uh, the first one I did, I got I got the challenge of uh, a scotch night. Yeah. So I'm doing tiki drinks with scotch. Yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah. And so like you were saying before about like the uh, the vanilla and the coconut and, you know, like some of this, it really played in. Like people are like, dude, what the hell? How, how is he going to pull this off? But yeah. it was cool because I also used the Orangerie in one of my cocktails and it was just, it just made too much sense. Yeah, it does. It's got clove, yeah. orange zest, and it just... You know, when you think about tiki drinks, man, or any kind of cocktail, yeah. really, that works out really well. It
3: does, yeah. It's got all of those. Well, the orange is big, right? I mean, right. tiki cocktails, that's a, that's huge. Uh, vanilla and clove, you know, again, they fit right into, the, in, mm-hmm. into that whole um, sensory category there as well. Yeah, it's fun. It just works out really well. Yeah, I mean, I've even,
2: you know, I've made, like... Like the classic, you know, Martinez cocktail, sure, with a, just like a bar spoon yeah. or so in there, and it just really like brings everything to yeah. a, another level.
3: Well, my favorite that I actually kind of like, you know, have been promoting is it, just a, it's a take on a on a, on a milk punch, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh you know, and and milk and uh, simple syrup and uh, pechos bitters, and when it's you know prepared correctly, you know, uh, really well, um, then and shaken really 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 cold and served it's it's just crazy it's so good it's like uh, an orange julius for adults you know that's yeah, I, you know right, yeah. i i love those kinds of <laughs> yeah, things yeah right I, and it's a white cocktail right so yeah, like totally. how many you know you have a white cocktail walking across the dining room on
2: straight. I'm all about yeah. white cocktails and, and blue cocktails yeah <laughs> 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 i'm gonna have to try that i want to get back to the bar yeah. um but it totally makes sense because i mean showed Loves spice, yeah. It loves orange, yeah. You know, so that's yeah. that's a that's a nice move on that. Yeah, it's real fun. Plus, you know, I like I like mixing. It, this sounds a little weird, but i will just and Then we'll get back to the Scotch. But okay. I like mixing Scotch with gin. They mix because oh, there's yeah. there's a uh, there is also a Scotch with brandy. Obviously, that makes Scotch and brandy more sense. makes sense. Yeah, but right, I, yeah. I did a, a cocktail called East meets East, yeah. and it was basically a Rob Roy mixed with a classic martini. It's the most bizarre cocktail. Oh, wow. Julie yeah. Reiner called it strong and strange. Yeah. <laughs> and uh that could have been the alternate name. Yeah. It, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the scotch and with the the botanicals from the gin. Yeah. I used obviously kind of a lighter gin to go sure. with the uh, asila. Right. And uh really it's nice. interesting how those things play together. It's so like an orthodox, and I'm all about but. boozy cocktails, man. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's great. But, yeah, but uh, it's it's so cool. Like those, those flavor profiles, especially yeah. uh, the the scotch and the brandy. And I'm thinking about this. I want to try the smoke punch with yeah. some brandy in it too, because brandy and peaches and orange. That yep. it's all coming together. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Good inspiration. Yeah. It? Totally. Yeah. Heard it here <laughs> first. Right. Um, so what did you bring
3: with you today? Oh, so great. So um. So what we've uh, you know, Compass Box is kind of like three different parts now, I and mean, we've grown over 13 years. Uh, We'll celebrate 13 years in, uh, actually next month in October. Oh, wow. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and um, so we're kind of like, um, there's our signature series line, which is the Asila and uh, the three blended malts, cross Spice Tree, and Peat Monster, and Hedonism, which is you know a very unique blended grain whiskey. Um, And then we've got Great King Street, which is what we see as our kind of a leading on-premise brand made for mixology, made uh, to kind of like, you know, hold up um, uh, two ingredients in a a cocktail. And then the third part is our limited release series, Um, bespoke whiskeys, small batch whiskeys, one-of-a-kind, one-only whiskeys that will come out onto the market and then disappear again. Um, Maybe the most famous would be uh, Flaming Heart that's actually appeared four different times, three in the U.S., Uh, Lady Luck. Um, the Pete Monster 5th Anniversary Reserve Edition was in a couple others. Uh, we did one for Selfridge's um, uh, department store in uh, in in London. It was called The Entertainer, and um, it was just actually sold only in Selfridge's. Oh, cool. And what we've got here actually in the studio are two of our new limited-release whiskeys that are out now. Uh, one of them is called uh, Delilah's, and uh, anybody uh, within um, the booming area of Chicago will understand that name. Uh, Delilah's uh, is uh, the eponymous um, uh, punk rock whiskey bar uh, in uh, in Chicago, uh, owned by uh, Mike Miller. Uh, he opened it twenty years ago, and uh, this place has never closed one night in twenty years. That's amazing. Yeah, and uh, it, he kind of opened it up as a sort of a post punk rock uh, whiskey bar where you're hitting down you know, cheap shots of whiskey and drowning it with uh, ch- uh, you know cheap beers off the tap. And over 20 years' time, Mike has grown into a, quite a whiskey aficionado, very well-respected and ve- very well-known in the whiskey world. And he's got over 600 whiskeys in the back bar and upstairs as well. And um, all the beers are now you know, drawing you know, you know, really premium craft beers uh, uh, on the taps. So for his 20th anniversary, and he's been a longtime friend of John's and a big supporter of Compass Box uh, since uh, um, it first got to the United States, uh, John promised him we would uh, uh, blend him uh, whiskey for his 20th anniversary. Nice. So he and Mike put it together, and Mike's uh, 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 request was that I want a Scotch that thinks it's a bourbon.
2: Interesting.
3: And I want it to be able to knock it down with a beer. right? So just like you do, a shot of bourbon with a beer. I mean, it's perfect because we actually have a couple of Budwe- cans of Budweiser Cut here, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was absolutely apropos. Absolutely, that's just
2: uh, serendipitous. Yeah,
3: so I'm going to pour a little bit here into uh, our mason jars, um, and uh, so it is a blended scotch. So blended scotch is a you know combination of uh, malt and grain whiskeys. Asylum, Great King Street are two examples of that. Thank you, and. Um, very soft. Uh, this is really for all the bourbon guys um, who uh, want to kind of slide uh, that vanilla slide into into scotch whiskey.
2: Man, it smells great.
3: Yeah. Um, you get uh, some beautiful bourbon notes right off the nose. Uh, you get um, kind of a
2: sweet caramel and uh, a little bit of that coconut appears again. You know, I think it's... I think it's really cool that uh, that, that was the idea because, I, you know, I, I, I often, in like a lot of... Uh, well, most of the people have been on the show, kind of agree. Outside of like crafting cocktails and you know, like working on that, like you know, doing your your hard shake and you know, stirring four cocktails at a time, and you know, doing, doing all the, the the fancy cocktail making. It's like you know what we always do is we always drink cheap beer and like good
3: spirits. Yeah, there you go. Right. I mean, after all the cocktails are done, right, you kind of sit down with something a little bit kind of you know uh, straight ahead, right. Yeah. I'm going to take a sip of this real quick.
2: I totally see what you're saying, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's lip-smacking
3: good. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that is uh, really delightful. It's so easy to drink. Um, We had a nice little review that John Hansel put up on his blog and called it um, uh, one of the best uh, sipping whiskeys that he's he's ever tasted. Very soft, very easy. uh, Not overly complex, not meant to be. Right now, if you want a real intense complexity, you have to look somewhere else.
2: Well, I think that's such a cool idea. To, I mean, like yeah. I, everything about this, I think is really cool, and yeah. it is very punk rock. It's like you yeah. know what, man? Like, let's not totally geek out about this. Yeah, right. This you, is like working man whiskey.
3: That's you know it is. It is. It's just drink it. You know, yeah. it's a just drink it whiskey. I'm, gonna, and just, I'm take the whole <laughs> thing down now. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. There's our there's our admonition right there. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> and follow follow with this good old American beer right oh, yeah. here in our hands, and it's it's a perfect match. I feel like I'm in Chicago now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now, um, so when you're there, I got got a feeling that's going to be Mike's House whiskey for quite a while. He invested in quite a few of these cases. Um, so, so yeah. is it only available in the Chicago? No, market? it's actually available. Uh, we liked it so much, and we we made enough of it that we made this available um, actually worldwide. Oh, cool. Yeah. Now we have a smaller world than you know a lot of other Scotch whiskey makers, but it is available um, in many states in the United States. But it's a limited allocation. Um, it's here in New York. It'll be available October 1st. Um, uh, it, obviously it's all over Illinois. Uh, it's out to California down in Puerto Rico out in Europe. Yeah.
2: I think it's such a, okay, this, we were just, uh, outside of this window here just, uh, moments ago, uh, Shane Welsh from six point breweries here you know, they, they do a collaborative, uh, season with, yeah. uh, Roberta's yeah. and that's their house beer. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, uh, Two weeks ago, I had uh, Richard Patterson from uh, the Dalmore. Oh yeah, and, and you sure. know, oh just... he was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Richard was fun. <laughs> he's a, he's a he's a character. He's a character. Yeah, right. but, you know, we were talking about the collaboration they did with uh, Daniel Balut. Yeah, and yeah. then you know, like there's like the rums for Death and Company, the Scarlet Eba's. So, sure, I, I think it's so interesting that uh, you know, wine producers have been doing this for a while, but sure. collaborating with bars and restaurants. Yeah. I think that's such it's you know, it really is. At the the height of like creating an experience and and curating that you yeah. know with you know being a restaurant knowing how to pair that that wine or that whiskey yeah. or spirit in general with what it is that you do from the kitchen right just in the same way that Death Company has that Scott or the the rum, the rum. and it's like something that they collaborated with and they were like this is what we want we want this ninety eight proof rum that sure. we're going to use in our cocktails sure. and that's our thing so I think it's really cool that you know those are on the. Uh, the, it, kind of, the, those were some of the, uh, I don't want to say fancier, but like more specific. I think this is like I just love the idea of like this being served with a beer. And oh just man, like absolutely hanging out at this punk rock club, absolutely. And, and Mike so had cool. Mike had the absolute right idea
3: on this. He had the right idea so, you know because he knows you know, he knows his you know he knows his uh, his clientele. You right? know, I mean, he's served. I think <laughs> according to Mike, uh, after twenty years, you better yeah he's served over a, a million people. I think uh, he's gonna you know he's gonna put some golden arches out in front of. the door. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it's it. Perfectly serves that, and uh, and but it's so good, it really kind of serves the wider world in that, in, in sure. that respect too.
2: Yeah. What else um, you got? I see a little tiny bottle. Yeah, here. so we
3: have a little experimental bottle, and uh, this is uh, again, this is um, uh, our thirteenth year of uh, Compass Box, but this is also even more specifically the tenth anniversary of um, what was our biggest selling whiskey worldwide, Pete Monster. Probably the one name that most people really identify purpose box with, and Pete uh, Monster was a you know that was a bespoke whiskey that initially started out as a whiskey made for Park Avenue liquor shop in New York City and it was initially came out as the monster for them, and it was after many trials it was just called the monster just called the monster because John had written on the label. After many iterations of it, uh, he finally said, oh, my goodness, this is like so big. He just wrote the word monster on the label and sent them the sample. And they said, (laughs) bottle it up. We're going to take the whole thing. Nice. And uh, then the next year, it was kind of rechristened as Pete Monster. Cool. So we released, uh, and it's fifth year anniversary, we released uh, what was called the uh, Peat Monster Reserve Edition, and it came in a 1.75 liter bottle, <laughs> and that was real popular. That's, uh, awesome. that's a lost weekend right there. <laughs> and, uh, and so now with 10th anniversary, we, we've come out with um, a, a different expression. So what it is, it's a tweaked version of our regular Peat Monster. It's older, it's smokier, it's peatier, it's, you know, in a word, monsterier. You know, in a way. and uh, Monst- more monstrous more monstrous right there you go um we bottle peat monster uh, typically at uh at 46 abv this is uh, now bottled at 48 uh eight nine. so we're right up at the edge of cast strength but oh. it's just absolutely gorgeous and beautiful and rich and smoky and like all compass box whiskeys um you know it's balanced and that's really i think the the the, the, the key secret here is really to find the balance of big uh, smoky whiskeys and not make them intimidating and you know right. o- you know uh, and, and, and and over the top you know it, again drinkable you know and, and that's a that's a main uh, that's a main component for um for compass box being accessible. Uh, do you have anything else? And you have any in there Or you want uh, to no, Yeah, knock that out with a beer. There you go. Okay, so we're gonna pour you a little bit of Pete Monster tenth anniversary tenth anniversary, and this won't be available uh, until about. Uh, Mid-October, we'll have some ready for uh, Whiskey Fest in uh, in New York City for those people who are going to be attending that. Cool. And on. I'll actually have some out in San Francisco next week as well for that, for the Whiskey Fest out there. Nice.
2: You know, what's cool about this company, too, uh, and I can't remember the chef's name, but the uh, there's a chef, a uh, pretty well-known chef, that has the Pete Monster... The monster from the label tattooed. Oh, on his, calf. on his calf. Yeah, that's
3: right. Yeah, he sent us a picture of it. I don't know who, who he is, but I, I, I don't know if I even got his name. But I, I did
2: see the. I did see the photograph. Oh man, this is great. Mm. Sorry, Dietrich. Mm. We're, we'll get you some after the show. We got a couple more minutes left, and then we'll get I've you got, some scotch. Tell Dietrich <laughs> I've got a little bit left on the bottle for him here. So. <laughs> the, yeah. it, it might go fast though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. I'm gonna have to come in there, guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so. What I think is cool about that, just like first of all, this whiskey is great. Yeah, this is cool. it's
3: just gorgeous. Yeah. And and you would never know if I didn't tell you it was that big of a whiskey. Forty-eight, nine. You'd never know it was that big. It's not at the all gentleness. The um, you it's know, a you gentle s- giant, gentle giant, man. There you go. You know, it's yeah. kind of like the the iron glove and of uh, the iron fist and a velvet glove. There. Yeah, yeah. You know? you know?
2: well, you know? it- but go back to the the fact that the, the chef got the the peat monster tattoo. Oh yeah. First of all, we could have a whole show on the the design of your packaging, which has always been amazing. Yeah. Some of my favorite. You know. Shout out to Stranger and Stranger. That's our design firm that does that. Oh nice. Yeah. Right. yeah. I'm glad you shouted them out. Yeah. That's right. great. Uh, but for me, being uh, my background, what I actually went to school for is graphic design. Oh. So like I always I'm always a sucker for good packaging. Sure. So. Yeah. But uh, but I just think that you know especially with such a young brand. As far as like the the, the timeline and spectrum of, of all these other great spirits and, and wines, beers that someone you know, that people are loving this so much that enough to get a tattoo of such a young oh, brand. I think it's great. It's I just so actually
3: great. I'm getting it embroidered on, on, on my uh, on my vest for whiskey fest now. So I mean the monster itself is absolutely beautiful. And the monster on the 10th anniversary label is even more outrageous. Uh, John commissioned an artist out of Austin, Texas, to design the label, and it's got echoes of Dali and De and uh, all over the label. It's just phenomenally beautiful label, and people are gonna, you know,
2: really gonna love it when it comes out. Well, it, and, uh, and the monster's central there, you know, he's yeah. sort of iconic now. Yeah. Totally, and you know it's it. It needs a beautiful label for such a beautiful whiskey. Oh, I'm yeah. glad you brought it on yeah. today, yeah, Robin. Cheers! Thank cheers you so you. much for coming on. Check Damon. out Compass Box whiskey, available everywhere. Everywhere, especially get the Delilahs and then chase it with ice cold, <laughs> with ice cold beer, man. Yeah. <laughs> all right, come back sometime. We'll hey, talk thanks, more David. about the label, well, man. Great, right. yeah, great being here. That's it for the Speakeasy today. Check in next week. I'm Damon Bolte. Cheers.